How to Be Mediocre by J.D. DePalma, primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin, with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books. Chapter 14, Sweet Home Chicago. I tell Ange the news about the radio interview, and she is really skeptical of the idea at first. We had a talk about pulling out of music and sticking to only writing under my stage name. However, here I am, moving forward, advertising the music. After we talk it over, we agreed that playing one of our songs on the radio is a chance that neither of us would pass up. And after I agreed that we can stop off at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, it is all systems go. From Long Island to Chicago is a 12-hour drive, so this whole conversation happens mere moments after I get off the phone with Dickhead. Figuring that we leave in a couple of hours after we pack, we can... Pull off in Ohio, see the Rock Hall the next morning, finish the drive that evening as we pull into Chicago, get some dinner and sleep, then do the interview the next morning. And aren't I just the best boyfriend in the world to spring this all on her in just five minutes? <laughs> but as luck rarely so has it with me, everything works out, and we are on our way. Anyone else thinks this sounds fishy to you too? born skeptic like myself is on pins and needles saying, this is way too good to be true. Something is bound to happen. So, I'm told by Champ that the radio station is a big-time Chicago station that focuses on an artist for a couple of minutes, asks them a few questions, plays the single, and then I'm out the door. Let's see how much of this is true by the time we arrive there. Well, we are not even off Long Island before Ange has done some research and found out it's not a radio station, it's a podcast. Though they are few and far between, podcasts are usually hours long and play very little of the music. Immediately, Ange gets on my case. I knew he'd lie to you. I don't know why we're doing this. If you keep this up after the show, I'm gone. And she's right. I have jumped the gun again. I trusted someone I shouldn't have trusted. Ange, if you want me to turn back, I will, but let's just call the podcaster and ask if I'll play the music. If he's not playing the music, there's no real reason for me to be there. So she doesn't let me call. She calls for me. What a woman. Hello, is this the Nonsense at Noon podcast? I can't hear what the poor guy on the other end of the line was saying. Kind of just sounds like teachers from Charlie Brown. Yes, hi. This is Angela Bryson from Panic Under Pressures Management. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Now, I had heard this is a podcast, not a radio station, correct? No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, we prefer them over many stations. We were just told that it was a radio station, so we were under the impression his songs were being played. Can you tell me if you guys do that? God damn, does she do this in her spare time in secret? Or is she a call girl because I'm... Sorry, back to Ange. <laughs> you don't play songs on the show. Yes, I understand. I start to put my blinker on to go to an exit ramp and turn around when she pushes my wheel back to the lane and tells me to keep going. Now, is there any way you can play the songs and then discuss them on the podcast? I understand it's not something you do, but we have several other artists lined up who we'd like to put on the podcast if that becomes an option, including Jackie Ill. Yes, she's a good friend of ours. 
Sometimes a little too close. She bashes my knee with the side of her fist, giving me a big hint. The thing is, we're coming a long way for the show, and the trip is beneficial to us if the songs were played. You understand, don't you? There was a long pause until I heard... Fantastic. We'll be at the studio in two days' time. Would anyone like coffee? Great. We'll bring some. Have a nice day. She hangs up the phone. The coffee is for in case they want you back. Doesn't take long for me to utter. Babe, I know we're pressed for time, but I'm so willing to pull over for a quickie. You turned me on so much. (laughs) She smiles, but then it quickly turns to... That's what happens when you use the people who love you to help you. Babe, what do you mean? I understand how Tim dying got you in a daze. But with this champ guy, you hardly pay attention to me or your parents. Oh boy, here comes the lecture. I get that you love this. And I get that this is all you've ever wanted. But why are you trying so hard for something you're just going to give up and let be the past? Put your efforts towards something you know will last forever and be important to you. Like school. Or your girlfriend. If this was what you wanted forever, then fine. I'd get it. But if it's not what you want, after these obligations, you have to let it go. I say it over once in my head to be sure I don't say something stupid. I know we both love music the same amount and we love to relate, but this is the one thing I want to accomplish in life. Hell, the only thing that I've ever cared about. I just want to make my mark. Even if it's such a small mark, it goes largely unnoticed. Haven't you ever wanted something so bad enough and now you're on the cusp of making it a reality? She sits on her legs and says something that knocks me dead. Yeah, and now I have it. You. I've wanted someone to love and care about me above anything else, and until these opportunities came up, you've shown it to me. Have I been showing you the same amount of love? And you know I have. Then why am I background noise? I'm right here, right in front of you. Willing to show you all the love you could ever get from entertaining people who will move on from you. Why can't I be enough? God damn it, if that didn't make me feel as low as Chris does. And you're absolutely right. You are enough, and you're all I need. I swear on all things art... After this podcast and the show at the theater, I'm done. I'll walk away. I will only write for others, not go out on my own, because you're all I want for my own. She puts her hand on mine, kissed my cheek, and we just sit in the moment of love and affection we have for each other. Why bother getting the approval of others when you got it from the only person that matters? It never clicked like that for me before. Now, I'll never forget it. That all happens as we are leaving New York. After a bunch of twists and turns and tickets to take for pay roads, 
we get on the expressway and head west, west, and west some more. Now, back in the day with Chris, we'd make mixed CDs to take in and out of the CD player. Since those days are over, Ange and I pass the aux cord around for our playlists from Spotify that we both already have. Needless to say, our taste in music is the same, but bizarre, and jumps around more than House of Pain. We started with some Slipknot, since it's our band as a couple. I have already said we're odd. <laughs> then we jumped to the Beatles, Incubus, John Coltrane, Under Oath, and Taleb Quelly. After a while, we got to Warren Zavon, Mom's favorite. She turns on his song, Keep Me In Your Heart For A While. And then this conversation comes up. I'm really excited to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I'm also a little pissed off at how many people you'd think are in it, but aren't. What do you mean? Well, Warren Zavon, a songwriter like no other, at this point of 2019, is not in the hall. There'd be a staggering number of people who aren't in it who should be. Like who? Well... Just off the top of my head, you know, Warren Zavon, John Coltrane, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Motorhead. And just drinking water at this time, so I have to say, I, I'm pretty proud to have been able to get her to do a spit take. <laughs> what the actual fuck? The people who helped shape most of what is considered the foundations of modern rock music and songwriting today aren't in? Why the fuck are we going then? She has a valid point. But then again, I also want to at least stop by it. I have an idea. Let's go stop by, then stand in front, and take a picture of us flipping it off. Yeah, let's do that! And just bouncing in her seat like I just told her we can go get ice cream. We're still trekking through Pennsylvania, so we have quite a way ahead. On the way, we bounce around on our playlists, play car games, to which I lost every one on purpose in order to be a gentleman, and even attempted to drive with my feet. It is a successful trip until a state trooper almost pulls me over. Not for driving with my feet, but because of the stench coming off them. <laughs> Not kidding, of course, on why he pulled me over. My feet are still putrid, mind you. We pulled into Cleveland around uh, 5 p.m., so it's only open for another half hour anyway. We pull over and park illegally for only a couple minutes, get out, and had a stranger take a picture of the two of us flipping off the museum. We're so classy, I don't even know how we do it. Champ has told me because of the mix-up, dinner is on him when we get to Cleveland, as long as it isn't too expensive. So I take Ange to the most expensive restaurant in town, order two lobsters, which I ate none of as a big fuck you to Champ, order a bottle of champagne for each of us, and I pour mine down the drain since I'm still sober, and tip the waitress the bill. Don't fuck with me and make my girlfriend have to do your job, bud. <laughs> we go to bed and wake up pretty early, and have more or less the same road trip activities all the way into Chicago. It feels pretty cool to see the Chicago City Limits sign while Ange blasts Sweet Home Chicago by Eric Clapton. We pull into the hotel, get some lunch, went to some local venue to see some live music, then go to bed, all the while realizing Ange was right. I don't need the audience anymore. I'm grateful for them. But I'm putting on the biggest show of my life being around her. This has been How to Be Mediocre by J.D. De Palma.
primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books.